0: Praise, praise the name of Jesus Christ, wherever you're connecting from. I want to bless God for you. And this is Pastor Dennis Matov, all the way from Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. I'm here to take you in a wonderful series of teachings that we shall call um, Experiencing the New Testament Plan of God experiencing the New Testament plan of God. You see we shall go through uh, several series talking about New Testament, the New Testament plan of God the New Testament plan of Jesus Christ, the New Testament plan of the Spirit and we are going to be talking about series of things concerning this triune God in this wonderful series. Freedom Experience Ministry is a ministry that is teaching ministry. A teaching ministry of the word is focused on showing believers how to subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy 2, four, whereby the Bible says that they may come to the full knowledge of the truth. Hereby we experience God in his incarnated word. In the word being Christ. Uh, to be life to man and light to man. The grace and reality for man is enjoyment. You see, we believe that total freedom in Christ comes by attaining and experiencing acquired truth in the doctrine. You see, when we go for theology, Bible school, discipleship, we get what we call objective truths in the Bible. We need to take these subjectively, practically, for our experience, for our enjoyment and experiencing of of the triune God. This is going to be the reality. When we express God, then we are able to dispense Him. Now, with such a burden as a ministry, we bring several teachings. And this time around, by God's grace, I'm opening up a new series of teachings concerning uh, experiencing a New Testament plan of God. See, from eternity past, God had a purpose and this purpose is was one time a mystery and then when we come to the New Testament this mystery is revealed You need to go into the scriptures to see what is in the New Testament because the New Testament contains 27 books and it is difficult to speak uh, about the, the, the entire plan the, the the conclusion of this New Testament And as we are going through these messages, we We are going to uh, consider God's New Testament plan. What is the plan that God has in the New Testament? See, we will go back to find out the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You need to believe with me that the New Testament is related to the Old Testament this relationship is indicated by the portion in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 7 remember the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 7 that this was a quotation uh, from the Old Testament whereby the Bible says that then I said lo I come in a volume of the book it has been written concerning me to do O God, thy will. So, you see that when you read from the uh, the, 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 the book of Hebrews chapter 10, see that God, Christ is speaking about himself, that I have come at this time, that was in the New Testament, I have come in the role of the book, it is written concerning me. In other words, he's talking about that in the Old Testament, it has been written because... The, 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 the Old Testament gives us a full record of Christ either by plain words or by types and when you come to Luke chapter 24 I want to begin with these verses for us to see Luke chapter 24 verses 27 remember when Jesus had just resurrected meets with these two uh, uh, disciples that were backsliding going back to their business their village the Bible says, And having begun from Moses and from all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures things concerning himself. began to interpret from uh, from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And when you come to verses 44, you see that the Bible says in verse 44 of the same book, Luke 24, 44. He says that, And he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was yet with you, that all that is written concerning me in the laws of Moses and prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. So, when you come across such verses, I also read verse 46. It says that, And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it be- uh, behoved the Christ to suffer and to rise from among the dead third day. So it was written already that it was decided that one time Christ will come and suffer then he will arise on the third day. So with these few verses I can even add on uh, John chapter 5 verses 39 and verses 46 in John chapter 5. You see that the Bible says in verse 39 but you search the scriptures or you think that in them you have life eternal, and they it is which bear witness concerning me. In other words, the, he was talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, telling them you have been searching the scriptures, searching the scriptures, and you think that because you believe that in them you'll come to uh, eternal life. You you try you find out what. Is the way you understand it says that this concern they are talking about me it says that search the scriptures for in them you think of eternal life and they are they which testify of me then it comes in verse 46 and says for had you believed Moses you would have believed in me for Moses wrote of me Remember, Moses wrote five books. Genesis 2, book of Deuteronomy. And here the verse is saying that Moses wrote of Christ. There is a a, a man called Augustine once said that the New Testament is contained in the Old Testament. That the Old Testament is contained in the New Testament. And that is true. We believe that because the New Testament is in the Old Testament contained. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament explained. So, uh, something like that. This means that the New Testament is in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is explained in the New Testament. Meaning that in the Old Testament, whatever was given was concealed, was contained. When you come to the New Testament, whatever was in the Old Testament is explained. So that means that the New Testament explains the Old Testament. As simple as that. So, which means whenever we go back in the Old Testament, we are coming to something that is concealed, something that is contained. It's not open that that nobody can just easily see the meaning of the Old Testament. But when you read the New Testament, you find that there are some interpretations Explanations, whereby that which was in the shadow has become now a reality. Hallelujah! So, this means that the man, the New Testament, is in the Old Testament and the Old Testament is explained by the New Testament. Hallelujah! For that, so in this wonderful series, we are going to see the details of what God has in plan because it is important for you to know the plan of God, the plan of God concerning. The entire universe, the plan of God concerning man. And what's going to be the future. What is God's desire? What is God's plan? So when you come and to such a a message, I know you're going to be blessed. Now let us first see the central line concerning Christ. Because you need, uh, for us as a ministry, Freedom Experience Ministry, our task is to see, to go back in the scriptures and we show you that everything is concerning Christ. And we must see the central line concerning this Christ. So we shall begin the question, what does it mean to say the New Testament is contained in the Old Testament? What does that mean? What are the contents of the New Testament that are contained in the Old Testament? Because we have got to come to such a knowledge and awareness. Some might say that in the Old Testament... We have many promises, we have many prophecies, we have many types, we have many shadows concerning Christ. And this is so correct. The focal point of, of, of the promises, the focal point of the prophecies, the focal point of the types and the shadows that we see in the Old Testament is simply Christ. But we must go further to ask still this question. What kind of Christ has been promised kind of Christ has been prophesied what kind of Christ has been typified what kind of Christ has been shadowed in the Old Testament in other words we should ask ourselves a question are you able to give brief description of such a Christ so this is why we have come to such a teaching series concerning experiencing the eternal plan of God in the New Testament so it is easier to see even without revelation that the Old Testament presents Christ as the king when you go back to the book of Genesis in chapter 3 verse 15 you see that Christ is the one who crushes the head of the serpent remember that was the first prophecy that God gave to man this verse does not speak of the central matters concerning what Christ is The central matter, uh, the central line concerning Christ in the Old Testament is that Christ is the eternal God, incarnated to be a man who lived on earth, died on the cross, resurrected, ascended, and descended. This is the entire central line concerning Christ. You see that he was one time an eternal God was incarnated to be man. He lived on earth 33 and a half years died on the cross. He resurrected. After three days he ascended. See? And then he descended. The process ends with the descending of Christ. And some of the people don't see where Christ descended before uh, his coming again because we all know that he's going to come back again. Now, when you look into these major points, there are seven, seven major points. These are the central line regarding Christ as promised, as prophesied, epified, and shadowed in the Old Testament. Concerning Christ, this is what we call an eternal God. When we come to the book of Micah chapter 5, Micah chapter 5 Verse two. I'll read for you some uh, some verses and some verses. I might skip them, but I want you to see this: that in Micah chapter five, Micah chapter five, Bible says that uh, they are prophesying about Christ. When you read Micah chapter five, that this origin is his origin is from eternity. Christ is originating from eternity. When you come to Isaiah chapter nine, verses six. You see that Christ, it speaks of the the Almighty. Christ is the Almighty God. You know these verses. I I, I imagine you know them and I know you know them. The question is, for what purpose did Christ, eternal God, become incarnate, live on earth, die on the cross, resurrect from among the dead, ascend to the heavens, and then descend. What was the purpose? You need to come to such a question because now we know he went through seven processes that ended with descending. Remember, when we talk about descending, he it descended. Is the name of Jesus. Azla, living spirit. We shall come to know that in details. Hallelujah. So, Those with a superficial knowledge of the scriptures, they might say Christ became a man, lived on earth and was crucified, resurrected, he ascended, he descended in order to rescue me from hell, bring me to heaven. This is what we have grown hearing about, that he came to die for us. This is why he came. He came to save us from hell. This is why he came. He came to take away my sins. We think that is the reason that is so superficial in the light of the New Testament we can strongly say that Christ eternal God was incarnated, lived on earth Christ died on the cross resurrected from among the dead and ascended into the heavens and then he descended for the dispensing, for the providing for the supplying and administrating of the triune God into his chosen people for the producing of the church. see this is the major major reason. This is the major purpose as to why Christ went through the seven processes. When I talk about the seven process uh, the seven uh, points and the, the process of this seven process, I'll call it seven uh, process of seven uh, points. Hallelujah. Whereby there is incarnation, there is living on earth, there is dying on the cross, there is resurrection, there is uh, ascending the heavens and descending. Those are seven uh, points in the process that Christ went through. But the major purpose was, for the dispensing to to dispense himself, provide himself, supply us with himself administrate the Triune God. When I talk about administration, I'm talking about a dispensation, I'm talking about uh, a stewardship ministry whereby we Christ powers himself into mankind. Triune God has been administrated into us, has been administered into you and he is now in his chosen people the producing of the church. Now, you'll find out that in the Old Testament, there is no this word church. You cannot find it. But in, when you go into the Old Testament types, you'll see that there are some persons that are typified as the church. For example, uh, we we'll see that both Eve and Rebecca in the Old Testament, these were women that are... Uh, uh, Typifying the church, for example, Eve, and you look to Rebecca. These are the 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 best types of uh, church. Both Christ and the church, we will find out that they are contained in that Old Testament. Hallelujah for that! So, as I as I was telling you that, uh, if you stick with me uh, in this series, this being the first the first introduction series uh, message. Uh, the first introduction episode you will discover that I will take you through little by little to see with me that the plan of God because it is important to know what is the plan of God what is the desire of God what is God's heart's desire what is his, uh, the purpose of being whatever he's is doing let us now talk about God is dispensing because we have seen that it is one of his major purpose he wants to dispense himself we must know about the dispensing of God in the Old Testament we can also see that uh, the matter of God is dispensing when you come to Genesis 1.27 the Bible says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he them. He creates man in his own image. And the question is, why did God create man in his own image? We, we, we cannot just leave it the way it is stated. We must find out why. Why is that the, the, the animals are not in the image of God? Why is it that the, the fish in the sea are not in the image of God? The fowl in the air are not, are not in the image of God? except man. Man is created in a unique way. But he carries the express image of the God who created him. The question is why? Now in answering this question we may use the illustration of a hand and a glove. When you look into the hand and a glove a glove is made in the image of the hand for the purpose of containing the hand. So likewise God creates man in his own image so that man might contain God. Remember man is in the image of God just as a glove is in the image of the hand one purpose to contain the hand. So that means that man is created in God's image for one purpose to contain God. If we receive even a little wisdom from God we shall realize that God uh, created man his own image, with the intention of coming into man and dwell in, into man, and this is the intention of God. Most of us we have we have grown up listening uh, from and hearing from our uh, maybe our fathers in the Spirit in the Lord, um, talking about this is the reason as why you were created. You were created that you may worship God. You were created that you may serve God. There is a, a higher purpose God had a, a higher purpose As to why he created man So When we read Romans chapter 9 Verses 23 It speaks of God is making He says known the riches Of his glory upon Vessels of mercy So we need to come to this Whereby the Bible says that We are vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory. We are such vessels. Man was made a vessel to contain the glory of God. We are vessels that God has shown mercy because we are prepared unto glory. For us to be in glory is when we contain God. Without God, you cannot uh, be prepared unto glory. And since man was created to contain. The glory of God since the glory of God is actually uh, God himself expressed because gl- glory is God expressed man was created in God's image for the purpose of containing God even up to today if we are ministers of the word ministering the word um, in, 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 the, in our churches and yet we don't see this vision of Dispensing God into the believers we have not come to the intention of God. Because by this time we know that God's intention is in creating man in this way was to enter into him. That's why we see the word image in Genesis 1 27. It indicates that God's intention is to come into man and that, that he created that he may live man, express himself in man and continue his extension. This is his desire. Hallelujah. So I trust God that uh, this is bringing some revelation and insight to all that are listening in. So we will continue to ask ourselves a question in this wonderful teaching series. In what way does God come into man? if we say that God has dispensed himself in man, we should ask a question, in what way does God um, into man? W- what means and how does God enter man? So, see, it is not in a way that uh, can be compared to putting apples into a box. Remember, when you put apples into a box or mangoes into a box, they, they are not part of the box. That's number one. Number two, uh, it's not, it's just that is an easy task to put a pause in a box. It is so simple. So, if you want to answer such a question as what, why, how does God enter man, we, we must go, we must consider chapter 2 of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 shows us that after God is speaking of creating man in chapter 1, verse 27, and it says in his own image, he comes in chapter 2. After, after creating man, God placed him, remember, he placed him in front of the tree of life with the intention that man would eat of the fruit of this tree and thereby take God into him. So when we see Adam before the tree of life, we are seeing Adam, man, being placed before God that he may take in God. And this tree is called the tree of life. Remember, God is life. Christ is life. So, as we, we, we shall see in the, in the near coming teachings, this involves what we call the mingling of God with man. And you see that some people might oppose this mingling of God and man because they have not yet seen what it means. This truth has not been opened to all of us, whereby we use the word mingling, that God mingled himself with man. is now mingled with man. But when you come to John chapter 6, you see that the Lord Jesus Christ... uh, is the heavenly blood, the heavenly bread for us to eat remember all the miracles that John records they are signs, they are not miracles they are signs showing us something the miracles that John indicates were uh, signs that were put in the book of John to reveal to us this Christ now, when we come to John 6, you see that uh, verses 32, uh, when you read verses 53 to 54, I will not read there. Uh, if Even when you add on from verses 56 to verses 57, see that twice in this chapter the Lord is saying, I am the bread of life. In verses 34 and verses 48, it says, I am the bread of life. The bread of life. Is the life supply in the form of food? This bread is talking about. I am the bread of life. Is the life supply because we eat, whatever it supplies us with life. So the bread of life here becomes the life supply in the form of food, like the tree of life in Genesis two nine. It was the tree of life in John six thirty five says it is the bread of life tree of life the bread of life this is also supplying life but Jesus says I am that bread which also is a life supply bread was good for food but it was carrying life within it and when food is eaten when we eat food food eventually is mingled with our being in other words when you eat fish it is mingled with your being when you eat rice, it is mingled with your being. If the food taken in by us does not mingle with us, and that is what we call poor digestion, because your f- food refused to mingle, the saturation digestion was not uh, was poor. So the food that we eat and uh, uh, we eat every day and digest is always assimilated into our beings. And this food becomes our tissue. This food becomes our bone. This food becomes our flesh. This this food becomes our skin. This food becomes your hair. The food becomes your You see? This means that the food eaten, digested, and assimilated by us actually becomes us. Same applies to this Christ. So this is what we call a matter of mingling. So we are we are we are right to say that God has mingled with us. Just as the food we eat is mingled with us. I hope you see where I'm coming from. So, we see that when we come to Genesis chapter 2, God does not enter into man in a way that is like putting apples into a box. And that is all. God comes into us in a way that is like food entering into our being to become one with us. That's why from Genesis throughout Revelation, you see there is a matter of eating, eating, eating. The first command that God gives man is to eat and to eat right. In Exodus, we see eating of the manna. We will continue to see eating, eating, eating even in the New Testament. Jesus comes and says, I am the bread. He says, I am the water. It says, I am... You see, he wants us to continue to eat because the way God comes into man is by eating him. That's why he says that the word of God is what? It's food. The word of God is what? Milk. So, this makes us to see the picture that God enters man by eating. When we eat the word of God, when we eat, uh, we, we, we take the word as milk, God is entering. is dispensing himself into man. See? Eating implies both dispensing and mingling because Uh, when a mother serves food like when your mother serves food um, uh, to you or to the family when a mother serves food to the family that action is she is dispensing the food to them as the members of her family begin to eat the food that means that the food is now dispensed into them and after the food is dispensed into them it is mingled with those who have eaten it and. They become one with the food they have eaten. Likewise, when we go back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, we have God is dispensing. We have God is dispensing himself into man. This picture is right there in the first and second chapter of the Bible. Praise the name of Jesus. The book of Genesis. And this is when God is mingling himself with man. Glory to God for this. So, I want to stop here for today uh, because we shall be coming back in another series of teaching. May the Lord bless you. This is Pastor Dennis, Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. You can visit our website at freedomexperience.org. Also get our application, Freedom Experience app. Be blessed. Until next time.